Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And a very good Thursday morning to you, Marlins Nation. Thanks for wanting with us, Steven Strom here. One heck of a day at City Field on Wednesday. We had a doubleheader. We'll start with game one. The Marlins lost 11-2. to As always, for the recap, here's your radio voice of the Miami Marlins, Kyle Seeloff. Well, I don't think that's how you draw off game one of a doubleheader. Mets throttle the Marlins 11-2. Game two coming up shortly at 7.35 here tonight. This is the 10th inning show with Steven Strom and Kelly Sacco. I'm Kyle Seeloff. Just a really tough uh, opening act for the Marlins here today. And the bottom line is that they fell behind early and they simply could not recover. Braxton Garrett going opposite of Joey Lucchese here today. Marlins playing a doubleheader due to the unplayable field conditions on Tuesday. Braxton Garrett should have pitched last night, which would line him up for a potential winner-go-home scenario on Sunday in Pittsburgh. That remains to be seen. Now, Braxton Garrett did throw 77 pitches tonight, so could he come back on short rest? I believe that is probably feasible. Let's take a listen and look at the highlights from Game 1. Bit of a recap for you. The Mets were off and running in the bottom of the first inning. They had Brandon Nimmo on base with one out in a scoreless game, and Pete Alonso came to the plate in the first. Swing and a high drive, hit deep left field. Alonzo, number 26, has a met against the Marlins. It's a bomb to left field, and it's 2-0 New York here in the bottom of the first. Well, the Mets would not stop there. They would come up empty in the second, but they would tee off on Garrett again in the third, this time with two outs and a man on base. Alonzo, to be exact, Francisco Lindor was at the plate. Here's the 2-2 pitch, and Lindor swings. That's a high drive in the air, deep left field. Forget about it. Number 28 for Francisco Lindor, and now the Marlins are really in a bind here in the bottom of the third inning. They trail 4-0. It was 4-0 after 3. It would stay that way until the bottom of the 6th inning. Braxton Garrett went 4. A lot of 4 runs on 3 hits, 2 walks, and 2 strikeouts. Steven Okert would work the 5th, and uh, that was relatively uneventful. JT Shagwa took over in a 4-0 game at the bottom of the 6th. He had a lot of leadoff double to Pete Alonso. Then after Francisco Lindor popped up into foul territory, Mark Vientos teed off this time on the Marlins. As Mark Viento swings and hits a high drive deep to center field. Forget about it. That is the third two-run home run for the New York Mets this afternoon. Mark Vientos has had the Marlins number these last couple of weeks. It's six to nothing, New York. It was six to nothing Mets after six. Luke Casey went six plus for the Mets. Allowed a couple of runs on seven hits. He did allow. Two runs in the seventh inning. He was charged with two runs. He allowed a Nick Fortes RBI double. That made it 6-1. to one. Jorge Soler then collected a sacrifice fly and played the 74th run of the season. It made it 6-2. to two. Just unfortunately, the Marlins did not have a whole lot of punch here in the front end of today's doubleheader. Mets would get three more in the seventh inning, this time off and Manuel De Jesus, who would then allow two more in the eighth inning. And the Mets win this ball game by a final score of 11 to 2 
in game one here tonight. So taking a look at the totals for you for the Marlins, two runs, nine hits, no errors, 11 men left on base. And for the Mets, 11 runs, 12 hits, one error, six men left on base. Luke Casey in his final start of the season, the winner, he finishes his year, nine starts, 4-0. Braxton Garrett, the loser, he falls to 9-7. and seven. And quite frankly, it remains to be seen if and when we see Braxton Garrett again. Total time of game, two hours and 48 minutes on a 66-degree, chilly, cloudy night here with the Big Apple. With the loss, the Marlins are 81-76. and 76. They are one full game back of the Cubs in the National League wildcard race with the victory of the Mets, who have already been eliminated, are 72-85. Again, the final score, Miami 2, New York 11. For the Marlins here in game one, they struck out seven, and that means that $175 will be donated to Auto Nation's Drive Pink Initiative to fight against cancer. For every strikeout this season, $25 will be donated to the Drive Pink Initiative. Okay, Kyle, thank you. Let's head down to listen to what Skip Schumacher had to say, get his reaction after game one of this doubleheader. If we were just talking about this matchup yesterday, what continues to make the Mets so challenging? That lineup's real. I mean, uh, you know, I know where they're at, and uh, after the trade deadline and everything, but that lineup is good. And Pete Alonso is one of the better players in the league, um, and we allowed him to beat us, you know, today. And there's other guys that had really good at bats over there in their lineup. Um, obviously, Lindor and Nemo setting the tone over there, but uh, you know, Alonso had a big day and and uh, and hurt us. What was your biggest takeaway from Braxton Dowling? Just behind in counts. Um, and just couldn't put anybody away. A little, some deeper counts, and um, you know when he uh, had to make a pitch, you know they they put a good swing on it. And um, I think he was just feeling for his mechanics, what didn't feel right the whole day, and um, and you can kind of tell the way he was located the baseball. Taking him out when you did was that more about what you were seeing from him today, or more about maybe trying to see if you can get anything out of him for Sunday? No, uh, I'm not thinking about Sunday. I'm thinking about tonight and trying to win uh, today and. Uh, you know, we're still within slam range, and so I felt like going to the bullpen there with, just to keep us in the game, and, uh, you know, we just couldn't couldn't keep it there. You get two runs in the top of seven, start the triple away, and then talk about the shutdown inning afterwards, but two outs, they go, we get that rally just. How deflating was that when you have a chance you start to try and build some Two game? quick outs, um, you know, eight against, uh, you know, some good pitches, strikeouts too, and, uh, you know, a, maybe a, not a fluke single, but a single kind of started that inning and a couple hard hits after that. Um, yeah, and, and, you know, they we, we put it over the middle of the plate and they made us pay today. Um, and, you know, we want those shutdown innings to try to keep it, you know, within uh, within one swing. And um, they just kept adding in run, adding on runs, and, um, you know, that's why the score was the score. What about their pitcher, Joey? Just what was he doing to you guys? You guys had chances, but to not be able to maybe push enough runs across. Yeah, we had a lot of chances, it felt like. Um, at least to get back in the game, uh, his sinker cutter just kept just we couldn't get a barrel on it um, for whatever reason. Uh, you know we know we know he has the curve curveball. Uh, I had Joey in San Diego for a number of years. I know you know he has a, a, a pitch that you know not many people are used to seeing, um, but we just couldn't hit his fastball. Just the sinker and the sinker cutter combo. Um, we just couldn't figure that out today. There was a couple of lineouts. I think Soler and Bell early in the game to right center. Ball dying out there was there wind or obviously they were hit well though. Wasn't dying for them. So. <laughs> they were yeah, well I know, yeah. but it's uh, I yeah I mean uh they they hit Bell and uh, Bell and, and Sully hit it hard. Um, yeah, we thought it was at least a double uh, when when uh, McNeil went back on the ball and it was a little surprising that they caught it uh, so easy or he caught it so easily. But uh, yeah, I mean they they hit the ball hard. It's all you can do and and he you know they made the play. 
skip any update on Arias? Uh, yeah, I don't know if we're. It, he's not starting. I know that. Thank you. All right. All right. So we were on to game two, where it was Kodai Sanga against Johnny Cueto. The Marlins with a much needed 4 2 victory. It felt like a playoff win. They're back in the postseason. They've won the tiebreaker over the Cubs. But let's get that recap by your very own Kyle Seeloff. For the first time since 2009, the Miami Marlins have clinched a winning record. Back in 2009, the boys went 87 and 75 with a victory over the New York Mets in the nightcap here at City Field tonight. The Marlins splitting a doubleheader today. The Marlins are 82 and 76. And let's get right to it. The Chicago Cubs have blown two games in Atlanta to open up a three-game series with a Cubs loss tonight. The Atlanta Braves beat them 6-5. And with a Marlins 4-2 victory over the New York Mets, with four games remaining in 2023, the Miami Marlins control their own destiny. If they go 2-2 two and two and the Cubs go 2-2, two and two, the Marlins are postseason bound. If Miami goes 3-1 and one and Chicago goes 3-1, and one, it does not matter. The Marlins hold the tiebreaker over the Chicago Cubs. And if they finish tied in the wild card spot, Miami will be headed back to the postseason for the first time in a full season in 20 years. This is the 10th Fitting Show. It's good to have you with us with Kelly Sacco. I'm Kyle Seeloff. Uh, Kelly, you can unfasten your seatbelt now and you may relax. This was a wild ride here this afternoon. It started with severe depression after watching the Marlins get their butts kicked 11-2 in game one. And then it was, hang on for dear life, Miami was assisted by Brett Beatty, who made a costly error in the ninth. But the Marlins get two off of Adam Adovino in the top of the ninth inning here in game two tonight. And they seal the deal. They've got 82 wins. And they control where this thing goes now. This is incredible and a great win. Uh, there's no other word that describes this team better than gutsy. And this win better than gutsy when everything's going against them this team finds some way to dig deep down and just beyond all odds come back and win it some of the things that happened in this game let's go back to the whole double header situation this was the worst possible thing that could have happened for the marlins was placing a double header because the grounds crew did not put the tarp on forced a double header the Marlins, who already were short on arms, already having starting pitcher issues, forced to play the doubleheader here today. Luis Arise has a hurt ankle. Jake Berger in this game ended up ejected after arguing a god-awful call by the home plate umpire. That's one way to put it, yeah. Skip gets ejected there with him. Jorge Soler not playing in game two after what we assume and hopefully get to hear from Skip here soon might be injured again. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Might have tweaked something. He didn't get the pinch hit in a yeah. big situation. There were spots he could have pinch hit in this game. He didn't come in. I don't know. We'll see. They went to Yuli Gurriel. It ended up working. Yeah. But against all odds, this team found a way to split this doubleheader and win this ball game. Johnny Cueto, who has been so well. hot and cold for the Marlins all season long, Found a way to keep him in this ballgame. Yeah, he went four and a third. He allowed a couple of runs on four hits. The two runs he allowed, a couple of home runs by Francisco Lindor. 
Um, and all things considered, he did exactly what the Marlins needed him to do. I mean, it was a day that you go in, Braxton Garrett making his 29th start of the season. The Marlins were 21, I'm sorry, his 30th or his 29th start of the season, right? Let me let me just actually, he was making his 30th start. They were 21-8 and eight in his 29 starts, and you're thinking, man, go out there and beat the Mets and we'll see what happens. Almost feel like you're playing with house money a little bit in uh, game two and the Marlins get swatted in game one, and they come out here, and they piece it together in game two. And, you know, Skip has talked ad nauseum about literally taking things one game at a time, and that's exactly what they've done. And now it sets up a matchup tomorrow that will feature Jesus Lazardo and David Peterson, and the bottom line is that matchup favors the Marlins out of the gates. David Peterson has struggled for the Mets, and Jesus Lazardo, if he brings his good stuff, the Marlins are going to have every opportunity in the world to take two of three from the Mets. Um, Kelly, as we continue to look at this game, right, I mean, you say no Luis arise, but no problem. John Birdie hits a homer out of the leadoff spot. He was on base four times tonight, two walks and a couple of hits, the homer and the single, and two runs scored, and he ultimately scored the uh, the fourth run. That was Edwards who scored the game-winning run, but what do you make of Birdie and some of these other guys in the lineup here tonight? Skip Schumacher said when asked about why going towards Bernie just last week over the homestand, he said you're playing the hot hand. A lot goes into this. It's not just the analytics side. There's a big human element to it, too. He's having discussions with his hitting staff. He's having discussions with John Birdie, and he's saying, I feel really good. I feel really good right now. I'm seeing the ball really good, and they go with John Birdie. And guess what? Uh, he's got four home runs in four games. I'd say he's hitting the ball. We're seeing the ball pretty good. Here's another guy that's stating a case not just this season but moving forward. I would put Xavier Edwards right in the mix here. Right. Batting ninth, he gets a couple of hits. He gets a hit in the seventh, and he steals second base with two outs, and it amounted to nothing. But, you know, he got himself in a scoring position. The Marlins could have taken the lead in the seventh. Then he gets the leadoff single in the ninth inning off of Adam Adovino, and he just kind of he just dunked it into left. He stole second, you know, and then, and then the Marlins are kind of off to the races there. They have the bases loaded, nobody out. Guriel puts the ball in play. How many times have – Now my brain is going crazy, but let me say this. I have seen nothing but people on social media all season long that have gotten upset with the grounded into double plays. This is a team that has predicated themselves on putting the ball in play and saying if we do that, good things will happen. What happened when Yuli Gurriel came to the plate with the bases loaded and nobody out in the ninth inning? He hit a ball to Brett Beatty at 30. The Marlins made the Mets make a play, and they didn't make it in the game-winning run ultimately scored. So That goes back to speed, too. The dangers of speed, the dangers of having athletic guys like John Birdie, like Xavier Edwards. You talk about guys who can make an impact in so many different ways. You don't look at John Birdie and you think that this guy's a guy with a ton of power. Well, he's got four home runs in four games. He's also stealing bags. He's also walking. He's finding ways on. Xavier Edwards, Skip Schumacher said, when a guy is down like a Luisa Rice, you got to be able to go to your bench. Teams are only as good as their bench. You have to be able to go to those guys on the bench, and it's got to be like nothing happened. Not saying that a guy like a Luis Arise for a very long time was chasing 400 this season. Not saying that this guy's easily replaced, but you have to have guys that you can turn to because over the course of 162 in six months, guys are going to get hurt. And that's why Skip Schumacher has been so diligent throughout the course of the season of finding ways to get guys like John Birdie in there. And then Xavier Edwards, the time that he's had up here, find ways to get them in there so they're fresh and they're ready to go and they produce when they're called upon. Um, 
Here's another thing I, I'd point out as well. After Cueto tonight, the Miami Marlins bullpen, four and two-thirds innings, allowing two hits, not one singular run, while punching out eight and walking only two. So a tip of the cap to A.J. Puck, David Robertson, Matt Moore, who collects his first victory as a Miami Marlin, and Andrew Nardi in the absence of Tanner Scott, who went out there and dominated the Mets in the bottom of the ninth inning. Marlins win 4-2. to two. Uh, Kelly, any kind of closing thoughts here before uh, you're able to try to go get yourself a good night's sleep after this stressful and eventful day? <laughs> I am going to sleep like a rock after this one. But, yes, the bullpen. You can't say enough good things about this bullpen. Skip was asked by visiting media today. And he said, you know, you've probably been asked this so much, but the, the close games and the comeback wins, how do you do it? What's been the common thread? And he said it's the bullpen. Because the guys know if we can somehow keep it close and get it to our bullpen, we have a chance to win this game. And your bullpen proved it. I really want to give a shout-out to A.J. Puck because he was the guy who they turned to the first half of the season. He was so good. He was their closer. And then he hit a rough patch. And he had his struggles. He has quietly made the adjustments. And you know what he did today? He pitched an inning and two-thirds, allowed no runs, just one hit, and struck out two. That was huge. Okay, Kelly, you can breathe now, and I will see you <sighs> right back here at 710 tomorrow night when Jesus Lazardo goes opposite of David Peterson. I look forward to it, Kyle. All righty. That's Kelly Sacco. I'm Kyle Seeloff. Time now for all the highlights following a 4-2 Marlins victory over the Mets in the nightcap. It was a long single admission doubleheader here today in front of 24,966. The Mets victorious in game one by a final score of 11-2. In game two, Kodai Senga, who may very well put in a really strong bid to be the National League Rookie of the Year, went opposite of the old man and the veteran right-hander Johnny Cueto. The Marlins would jump on Senga in the first, the first man to bat. In the absence of Luis Arise, the leadoff man tonight was John Birdie. And here comes the one-two pitch from Kodai Senga. And that is swung on, hit high and deep left center field. Ortega's going back out of the warning track at the wall. It's gone! It's a leadoff homer for John Birdie here in the top of the first inning. It's 1-0 Miami. This is a far cry from what we watched earlier this afternoon. What a start for Miami here in game two. And that's exactly how you want to do it, John Birdie. So John Birdie with a leadoff homer in the top of the first inning. The Marlins would carry a 1-0 lead into the bottom of the second. That was until Francisco Lindor led things off for the Mets. 2-2 pitch to Lindor. Said high and deep to right center field, and this is gone. And one run is not going to win it. That is number 29 for Francisco Lindor. And we are tied at one here in the second. So tied at one. It would stay that way through three until the Marlins came to bat in the fourth. There was nobody on base. There were two outs in the frame. And batting facing Kodai Senga with the left-handed hitting right fielder for the Marlins, Jesus Sanchez. 2-0 pitch to Jesus Sanchez. It swung on and hit high and deep right center field. Stewart's going back out of the warning track at the wall. It's gone! A homer for Jesus Sanchez. His 14th of the season. The Marlins lead 2-1 here in the fourth. Oh, that's a big homer. Well, a slim one-run advantage for the Marlins after three and a half. Uh, the good news is that they had the lead. The bad news is that Francisco Lindor was once again leading off the fourth against Johnny Cueto. 
Francisco Lindor homered off of Johnny Cueto leading off the second, and he's leading off the fourth inning, and he hits a drive high and deep to right field, and it's gone. That was a slider that he just deposited into the New York Mets bullpen. That is his now 29th home run of the season, and we're tied at two. And he hit so many today, I couldn't keep count. That was his 30th home run of the season. He became one of four Mets tonight to hit 30 homers and steal 30 bases in a season. Lindor went nuts here today. He was two for three in game two. And in game one, he had a couple of knocks. He was two for four with four RBIs. So uh, Francisco Lindor with six RBIs today. That's a good day at the yard. Kodai Senga went five innings. He struck out eight. He joined Doc Gooden as the only Met in franchise history to strike out 200 or more in their rookie seasons. Sango allowed two runs on three hits, three walks, and eight strikeouts in this ballgame. Johnny Cueto went four and a third. He allowed a couple of runs on four hits, one walk, and four strikeouts. This thing would remain tied into the ninth inning here tonight. Mike, uh, let's see here. Uh, let's see. Hold on. Anthony Kay followed Kodai Sanga. He worked the sixth inning. A.J. Puck took over for Cueto in the fifth, and then he worked a perfect sixth. 2-2 going to the seventh. Phil Bickford stranded the bases loaded in the seventh inning after Ramon De Jesus in a 1-2 count to Jake Berger rung him up on strike three on a ball that missed the outside corner by about four inches, and he slammed his helmet in the ground. I guess Ramon De Jesus did not like that, so he told him he could go get a bite to eat and hit the showers. Berger got thrown out. So, too, did the Marlins manager Skip Schumacher. And just maybe that little 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 fire underneath the boys here tonight. So Bickford escaped the seventh. David Robertson struck out the side in the seventh inning. In the eighth, Brooks Raley took over. He walked the leadoff man, Jazz Chisholm Jr. Marlins stranded a pair in the eighth. In the bottom of the eighth inning, Matt Moore came on, got a couple of quick outs. Then he allowed a double. Then he intentionally walked Lindor before getting D.J. Stewart to pop out to the catcher, Jacob Stallings. So this was a 2-2 game going to the top of the ninth inning. Meanwhile, many eyes were fixated on that out-of-town scoreboard to see what was happening in Atlanta. The good news is that the Cubs blew it again. The Cubs losing tonight sent us into a 2-2 game into the top of the ninth inning. Adam Adovino on for the Mets. He allowed a leadoff single to Xavier Edwards and then an infield single to John Birdie, and then after an intentional walk of Josh Bell, the Marlins had the bases loaded in the top of the ninth inning with nobody out. The Berger spot was due up, insert Yuli Gurriel, and the Marlins had an opportunity to take the lead. Here's the 1-0 pitch, and here's the swing and a ground ball, hit to third, Beatty bobbles it, he bobbles it, everybody is safe, everybody is safe! Marlins lead 3-2 here in the ninth inning. If Beatty fields that ball, it might be a double play. A costly E5, and the Marlins might control their own destiny if they can hang on here at City Field tonight. Oh, my goodness. Well, spoiler alert, the Marlins would hang on and win this thing tonight. After the Gurriel E5, everybody's safe. Bases still loaded with nobody out. Jazz Chisholm Jr. struck out. And with one out, Brian De La Cruz strolled to the dish. De La Cruz is at the plate. Here's the 1-0 pitch from Adovino. And he swings it, he hits it, out of line! Left field, the base hit! John Birdie will score! The Marlins lead 4-2 here in the ninth. 
That was the insurance the Marlins needed here in game two. Jesus Sanchez then bounced into a fielder's choice before Garrett Hampson struck out looking to end the ninth. But the Marlins got two runs on three hits in the top of the ninth inning. There was the costly E5. The Marlins left him loaded. No Tanner Scott. He's on the paternity list. So Andrew Nardi took over with two career saves right on his belt buckle here in the bottom of the ninth inning in the biggest and the uh, most precious three outs of the season to date. He struck out Brett Beatty swinging. He got Mark Vientos to pop out to first. And then after a two-out walk to Rafael Ortega, Buck Showalter pulled Omar Narvaez back, and he pinch hit the rookie catcher, Francisco Alvarez, and he came to the plate representing the tying run with two outs in the bottom of the ninth inning for the Mets here tonight. Nothing into the count on Alvarez. Everybody resets. Ortega's at first. 4-2 Miami leads. The 0-2 pitch. A swung on and missed strike three. The ball game is over. The Marlins split a doubleheader with the Mets. The Cubs have lost in Atlanta. And with four games left to play, the Miami Marlins control their own destiny in 2023. The Marlins with their 82nd victory of the season. It's over. A gutsy victory by the Marlins in the nightcap here tonight. And they win it by a final score of 4-2. to two. And for the first time since 2009, the Miami Marlins have clinched a winning record. Terrific stuff, a great performance, and a wonderful victory by the Marlins here tonight. Let's take a look at the totals for you. Miami, four runs, seven hits, no errors, 12 men left on base. For the Mets, two runs, six hits, two errors, seven men left on base. Matt Moore is the winning pitcher. He's 5-1. and one. And it was his first save, or I'm sorry, his first victory as a Miami Marlin here tonight. Adovino, the Mets close with a loser. He's 1-7, disaster season for him. Really for the Mets in general without Edwin Diaz. And Andrew Nardi, his third career save, his third this season. Marlins hang on to beat the Mets by a final score of 4-2. to two. Total time of game, 2 hours and 51 minutes in front of 24,966 in the doubleheader here today. 60 degrees, clear skies, beautiful night for baseball. And the best part about it is that the Miami Marlins walk away with a victory. The Marlins are now 82-76 and 76 this season. And with a loss, the Mets fall to 72-86. and 86. Moore beats Adovino. Nardi with the save. The Marlins beat the Mets by a final score of 4-2. In game two, let's count them out, 9-10, 12 strikeouts. And that means... That $300 will be donated to AutoNation's Dry Pink Initiative to fight against cancer for every strikeout this season. $25 will be donated to the Dry Pink Initiative. Okay, Kyle, thank you. Let's head down and listen to a very happy Skip Schumacher after the 4-2 victory in Game 2 of the doubleheader with the Mets. Skip, first off, how do you describe the emotional swings of a doubleheader? You know, obviously a tough loss in Game 1, but then you hear the cheers coming from the clubhouse in Game 2. Yeah, getting a split was huge, honestly. Um, you know, obviously you want to win two games, uh, but to come back and, and beat uh, Sango, who's one of the better pitchers in the league this year and having an outstanding uh, season uh, for us to come back and and uh, and win tonight, um, it, it was, it was, it's a big deal. It's, every win's a big deal right now, but to, to beat a pitcher like that tonight and in a doubleheader was huge. Just watching that ninth inning unfold, could, could you sense – you know, maybe things are going to go your way in game two. Well, it was, I was sitting in the lunchroom uh, watching, watching it. So, it, right? yeah. I mean, so I was definitely hoping, it, yeah, no, I was, I was definitely hoping, <laughs> but 
Um, yeah, I mean, we've again, we've done this before. All year, it feels like we're coming back. We're always in it, um, and it doesn't matter who it is. And Birdie had a huge day. I mean, both games were just giant. Um, Dale with a huge hit uh, there. He's been hitting the ball hard, just really no love all day. But, um, you know, a really good hit. There's value, you know, putting the ball in play. We've talked about that all year. Um, and X had a really nice game. Uh, so, yeah, overall, up and down the lineup, just proud of the guys. The bullpen, four and two-thirds scoreless, and then having Nardi for the save, just to see them be able to keep it, keep keep throwing zeros until the offense was able to get it. Yeah, Puck, Puck had a huge out to come in and uh, get Cueto out of a jam, came back in and got through a tough part of the order. Um, yeah, the more Robbie, Nardi, uh, just incredible job uh, by all of them. All their stuff was was as good as I've seen it all night to be this or all, all season for, for it to be this late and to see that their stuff at to this point uh, at this point is um, it's impressive so yeah I, I loved it uh, hopefully we uh, we'll see Scott soon too which would be nice um, but for those guys to pick up their teammates tonight position player wise and on the mound uh, says a lot about who's in that clubhouse uh, he was down today yeah he had some uh, discomfort uh, what about Bell just after that? Uh, yeah, he, he was hobbling around. Obviously, you guys saw it. I uh, just saw him in the dugout or in the uh, training room, and uh, he said he'll be fine tomorrow. But uh, So we'll see how he wakes up. It's going to get. It's gonna be sore. There, there's no doubt, but hopefully he's okay. How would you describe how what a warrior he is to be able to stay in that ball game, want to do whatever he can to try and help the team after obviously taking that full that ball so close to the knee. We didn't have many players available. <laughs> so <laughs> our bench was light and beat up. Um, so uh, he knew that. Um, but it, I think he, I don't think he was coming out of that game no matter what. Um, yeah, it, it, we have a lot of guys like that. And uh, when one of your leaders does that, it shows you, you know, uh, the other guys, you know, what, what this game's all about. And um, Josh has been awesome. And, uh, yeah, he, he wasn't coming out of that game. Uh, the burger ejection, obviously, really quick there, just – what were you told in just your reaction, Lenny? Yeah, I'm a little uh, upset that, you know, I, I don't – Berger didn't say anything. He put his – threw his helmet down out of frustration, uh, didn't throw it at him. Um, you're, it's a it's a very intense game, a big high-level moment in our season, in the game. Uh, threw his helmet down, gets tossed, didn't mother F anybody, didn't do anything, didn't say anything, and gets tossed. By the way, he was right. It was a ball. Um, so, I, you know, it's, it, that's frustrating. Um, every pitch matters. Get it right. And if you get it wrong, that's okay. But don't, don't toss out one of our best players. Uh, where we are in the season, uh, you know, don't be so sensitive is, is you know, what my issue was. Um, let let the, you have a conversation. And then if he does something that warrants a toss, you know, I get it. But you can't just toss it to, to toss a guy right now uh, at this part of the season. Um, I, I didn't love it. I know you weren't in the dugout, but could you hear the, the Let's Go Marlins chants from where you were? Did you hear it through the broadcast? Uh, I did not. No, I was, you know, I mean, you're in the clubhouse. You don't you don't hear much other than watching the, the TV. And just your reaction to the fact that there were loud Let's Go Marlins chants here in New York. I got I didn't hear it, um, but uh, if there was, that's great because you hear "Let's Go Mets" at our stadium a lot. So to have it, uh, uh, you know, over here is is a, a pretty cool thing if that's what it was. Just the outing from Cueto, what he was able to give you guys? Yeah, to get us into the fifth. You know, he hasn't started in a while. Um, we needed somebody to provide bulk innings today. Um, you know, he gave up, gave up a couple home runs to Lindor. 
Um, he's having a fantastic season as well. Um, but other than that, he really minimized damage, uh, damage and uh, gave us what we needed. We needed somebody to get the bulk to get to our back end, and he did that and uh, gave us a chance to win. Did you, uh, did you know the Cubs result in the office? And if not, how'd you find out? Yeah, they were updating it on the broadcast. Oh, um, okay. So, yeah, so we were, that, that's the way we were looking at it, watching it. So, yeah, it was an exciting time, I guess, for a number of different reasons. Out, right? uh, I, I think yeah. so, yes, yeah. I had a chance to catch up with Andrew Nardi, who's filling in for Tanner Scott. He had his third save of 2023, only 25 years old. Let's hear what Andrew had to say after the victory. All right, Kyle, thank you very much here with Andrew Nardi. First off, how would you describe this victory here tonight? Uh, electric. Everybody was fighting there, fighting really hard. Uh, everybody was staying with it, so, no, it's awesome. What's it like to close out a game like this with the importance with your guy Tanner Scott out right now? What's that like for you? Uh, <laughs> it's unreal. I mean, uh, eventually I want to be a closer one day, so I'm just glad I can get my feet wet and get these uh, opportunities. Uh, but, no, I'm, I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's just awesome. Yeah. What's it like to be in a race like this? you got five to go now. Huge one or four, rather, to go. You win one here. What's this whole process been like, particularly these last 48 hours? It's been a nail-biter. Everybody <laughs> just everybody's on the, on the edge of their seats uh, watching the other games. Uh, no, I mean, it's awesome. It's, great. it's awesome. I heard a lot of Marlins fans here at City Field. What's that like to have a, a traveling fan base here in New York? Yeah, no, that was awesome. Uh, I, I was out in the bullpen. I heard them ch uh, chanting, let's go Marlins. And I was like, are they saying Marlins or Mets? But yeah, no, that's awesome. Great job tonight, Nardi. I appreciate the time, man. Of course, thank you. All right, Kyle, back to you. John Birdie continues to just play outstanding baseball for this Marlins team. Let's hear what John had to say down at the clubhouse. Come back here and win this one. Yeah, um, obviously game one didn't go the way we wanted, but uh, this has been a resilient group all year, so didn't phase us one bit. Um, pitching staff, Cueto, our bullpen did a, did a phenomenal job for us in that second game to um, give us a chance to kind of get going there um, against a good pitcher like Sanga and then um, into their bullpen. So, Are you guys aware that the Cubs have lost when you're playing the ninth inning? Is it filter down? Um, some of the guys, I think, I think some of the guys noticed off the scoreboard, yeah. yeah. So um, I try not to pay too much attention to that just because uh, we, we need to win. So. Right, right. It's so, like you end today, you control your own destiny. If you went out, you make the playoffs, you have the tiebreaker. Is it particularly satisfying to have done it this way? Like you lost the first game when you're better, you're the best pitcher on the mound. Mm -hmm. You scrapped the quad, get back in the second one. Like you um, would take, you'd like to win two, obviously, but the way the way the way you split is it yeah. particularly satisfying? Yeah, hopefully I uh, can take the momentum from tonight's win into tomorrow. And um, you know, the goal is to win tomorrow, win the series, and then um, you know, worry about Pittsburgh when we get there. Mm -hmm. Cool. Thanks, I appreciate it. Do you think that is um, benefiting you guys at this time of year as guys coming in and out of the lineup because of injuries and yeah. pitching get tired or the other teams? I, I, I think so, yeah, especially when you get against better pitchers. You know, it's tough to get on base. So, um, you know, we do have some pop in this lineup. We do have right. some power. Um, so, but, uh, you know, the more hits we can collect and pressure we can put on their, their defense and their staff, um, okay, thank you very yeah. much. All right, so the Marlins have an opportunity here tonight. It's going to be a 7-10 first pitch, 640. I've got Marlins on deck. Jesus Lazardo toes the rubber for Miami. He'll go opposite David Peterson. As always, we hope you can join us on the Marlins Radio Network, driven by AutoNation.